Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today, we have a super special guest with us who is one of America's leading behavioral management specialists and who I know will blow your mind with ideas that he has uncovered that no one else is really talking about so you can accelerate your business success. James Bond, not actually 007, but his name is James Bond, is one of America's leading behavioral management and business marketing specialists, and he's the author of the multi-award-winning book, Brain Glue, How to Sell Easier by Making Your Ideas Sticky. For 13 years, he ran one of Southern California's leading behavioral management firms, working with a who's who of American businesses. For 35 years, James has been studying how ordinary products turned into blockbusters. His book, Brain Glue, is considered to be one of the most powerful, persuasive books ever created. You are going to love this guy and what he has to share with you today. Well, welcome, James. We really appreciate you joining us. Oh, Anne, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I love your podcast, and to be on your podcast is just it's, it's exciting. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you here because I'm excited to pick your brain today. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, is right. So let's start with kind of a big general question. How does brain glue actually work? Okay, so the first thing you want to ask yourself is what stops somebody from buying from me? Okay, buying my ideas or my products. Okay, brain glue is all about how do we trigger parts of the brain so that people actually want to buy from you? And I, I have lots of examples of actual tools. I discovered 14 brain glue tools, basically brain triggers that help people wanting to buy from you. And so, yeah, it's just it's lots of fun. When people start applying it, they realize, whoa, I had one of the guys I was chatting with who was telling me, you know, this is I was a woman. Actually, she said, my son is starting to use these tools on me. This is I don't know if this is good. <laughs> Rhyme is one of them, so he starts. Which one did you say? Rhyme, rhyming. If the glove doesn't fit, you have to acquit. Okay, <laughs> how does that get O.J. Simpson off from an almost certain guilty verdict in a murder trial? I mean, it's just uh, I heard uh, on the history on the Discovery Channel or History Channel they were talking about uh, a Wonder Bread and the competitors to Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread invented sliced bread, so a lot of people. When they say, well, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread, they don't realize they're actually talking about Wonder Bread. But the competitors to Wonder Bread, for 10 years, Wonder Bread dominated the bread industry because they created sliced bread and they had white bread and all that stuff. Competitors to Wonder Bread came up with a slogan that turned Wonder Bread almost bankrupt. Okay, and what was the slogan? The whiter your bread, the quicker you're dead. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And so what happened was uh, they basically, there was, we had uh, COVID. They had back then this uh, illness called pellagra. And it was when the, when we have an absence of vitamin B3, because apparently B3 is really important in our body. When you have an absence of B3, you're much more susceptible to getting pellagra, this illness. And today they add niacin, which has lots of vitamin B3 in it. But the competitors came up with the slogan, the whiter your bread, the quicker you're dead. And journalists love that slogan so much that they made it headlines in major newspapers. And then people went, the whiter your bread, the quicker you're dead. Yeah. You know, Wonder Bread bleaches its bread and there's like no 
you know, vitamin B3. And because of that, you're, mu you're much more susceptible to getting pellagra and sales collapse. What Wonder Bread did to try to come back was they started adding vitamins and minerals, including niacin, uh, to the bread. And they actually started the whole process of putting vitamins and minerals in products, but it never brought them back to domination. And so, yeah, just rhyme is so powerful. I mean, kids use rhyme all the time. In fact, let me give you a one. Jack and Jill went up the hill. Okay, I bet everybody knows that one, right? And so for most of us, it's a nursery rhyme. And, you know, the last time we heard it was 10, 20, for me, maybe 50 years ago, I'm old. And yet we remember like it was yesterday. I can be on my deathbed and somebody says, okay, James, what? Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a bale of water. Even on my deathbed, I'd remember it because it sticks to the brain. And it's when you start to understand these things that stick to the brain, and when you use them, when you understand why people aren't buying from you and you create a, a phrase that gets people wanting to buy from you, and it's memorable because it sticks to the brain, you suddenly start selling tons more products and getting people saying yes to your ideas. It's really fun. Oh, that sounds really cool. So as long as we're on the topic of the brain triggers, you said there's 14 of them and rhyming is one. What are some other more popular ones that could help us? Okay, well, metaphors is a really good one. I met um, uh, John Gray and he wrote a book called Men, Women and Relationships. And he was frustrated because people said this is the most incredible relationship book they've ever read. But he only sold a few thousand copies. Then he got the crazy idea, what if I change the title to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? And then include some references throughout the book to it, but basically still have the same book. What do you think happened? <laughs> Sales exploded. <laughs> Suddenly, almost overnight, half a million people bought his book, then a million, then two million, then five million. Eventually, 50 million people bought Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, all because he changed the title? Wow. I mean, it's just to me, it's amazing. Um, so that's it, it works in titles. There's Squatty Potty is a product that took a mom and her son from uh, zero uh, who had no business experience from zero to 100 million dollars in less than two years because they had a rhyme Squatty Potty. OK, let me go back to the metaphor for a second, because I love the concept of metaphors, but they really help in lots of ways. I know. Um, Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. <laughs> That's the name of a book. That's a metaphor. I mean, it isn't like you open the book and you get chicken soup. <laughs> okay. So that's one. Um, uh, um, Warren Buffett is famous. The media love him because he uses metaphors all the time. He says, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. <laughs> it's like, what? That's a trigger word, too, by the way, naked. The naked chef is one, as uh, somebody who used that. Uh, Jamie Oliver, the naked chef, but only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. What he's basically saying is only when times get tough do you realize who's really competent. But if he says that, people go, yeah, okay. But if he said it in such a way that with a metaphor and a trigger word, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked, that sticks to the brain. I mean, it's something you want to share with other people. I remember um, um, uh, Winston Churchill has this great line. He said, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Okay, what he's basically saying is this: really, you'll never reach your goal if you're uh, you allow all these things to distract you. 
If he says that, people will go, oh, okay, fine. But if he says, you'll never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Wow, you know, I mean, huh, that's memorable. There's another tool that's called a chiasmus, which is like a flip of uh, rhyme. Rhyme is A-B-A-B. Chiasmus is A-B-B-A. I'll give you some examples. Um, winners never quit and quitters never win. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. My wife hates this song. Uh, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. President John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. You see how it's a flip? Um, uh, Malcolm X, civil rights activist Malcolm X said uh, he loved the uh, chiasmus. He said, um, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock landed on us. And he has another quote that's really well known, and it's, when you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Uh, Frederick Douglass, in the early days of, uh, you know, politics and all that stuff, uh, he was a black civil rights activist, and he said, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. You know, it's a flip. So in Southern California, we have um, a restaurant uh, hamburger place that was uh, created by a family. They didn't have a lot of money, so they couldn't have an indoor, indoor restaurant where people come in indoors. So they had it as a drive through restaurant selling hamburgers. But they recognize they're competing with McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, who spend tens of millions of dollars and more on advertising. How do you compete with them? What they did was they came up with a, um, a brain trigger. They used chiasmus, a flip, okay? And they called it um, In-N-Out Burger, okay? Well, first, for a lot of us, In-N-Out means sex, so that gets your attention, okay? It's, what, In-N-Out Burger? But it also, you know, it also goes with the fact that you drive, you know, it's a drive through But In-N-Out Burger, they didn't have money. I remember driving down the street uh, and seeing a big sign, In-N-Out Burger. It's like, what? <laughs> In-N-Out Burger? And we went through it and they had really good burgers. And we, so we went back. But there are a lot of people who have really good products. And yet people, you can't get people to come in the first time. And so if you can use a trigger word, uh, you know, like In-N-Out and also Chiasmus, which is a flip. Uh, you can actually uh, make a ton of money. It's amazing. I mean, they're growing like gangbusters, even though they're competing against McDonald's and Burger King and these guys that spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars on advertising. So these are some of the tools that when people understand the tools, it's amazing how suddenly sales explodes uh, more than, you know, you ever expected. In fact, let me give you an example. <laughs> this is a really crazy example, okay, of uh, a metaphor that helped somebody get massively wealthy, okay? He makes over $100 million and his, his company is, big companies are trying to buy his company out and he's not even selling it because he's having so much fun. So Paul Tran created an electric razor for man's private areas. I don't wanna to get too much into this, but okay. And he wanted to come up with a name that was exciting for people. They knew exactly what the product is, but he didn't want to offend people. So he's thinking about it and he's going like, well, what can I call this? And then he came up with this crazy idea. It's like a lawnmower. Why don't I call it the lawnmower? Okay, eventually he changed the name of his company to Manscaped. We're gonna landscape a man with the lawnmower, okay? So now I never bought the product. If I bought it, I wouldn't share it with friends. Let's start there, okay? But uh, if I could see calling my friend and saying, hey, guess what I just bought? What'd you buy? I bought the lawnmower. What, you have to mow your lawn? No, it's for shaving man's private areas. Really? You're kidding. 
oh, wow, that's really funny. And then I could see him getting off the phone and talking to his like wife or girlfriend. Hey, guess what James just bought? What? The lawnmower. Well, he has to mow his lawn. No, it's for shaving his private areas. You know, it's a word of mouth spread was, I know, it spread like crazy for the lawnmower. And the lawnmower was like just taken off like gangbusters. I remember being in a store. I forget what store it was, maybe Bed Bath & Beyond or something like that. It was really unusual. And there was a poster and it said the lawnmower in big letters and an arrow pointing to the, the ra electric razor. And I was like, the lawnmower? What? And then I started reading the subtitle, which explained what it is. You know, that's what we want is we want a name or a product description that makes people go like, whoa, what? Huh. Hmm. And then start reading or picking up uh, our product or our idea. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And I'm one of those people that actually bought men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Uh huh. And I go to In-N-Out Burger. My husband loves it. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because it sticks to the brain. I mean, I remember, so so he, understanding these tools helped me understand that I better use these tools to describe my book, Brain Glue, okay? So the first phrase, I came, first I came up with phrases, okay? And rhyme is a good one. So I said, um, you know, you want to get rich? Okay. What are words that rhyme with rich? Pitch, switch. Okay. Switch your pitch if you want to get rich. That was the first one I came up with, okay? All right. Switch your pitch if you want to get rich. Okay. That was one. Then I was thinking I want a little more sophisticated, and then I realized, well, I want to like the, I want to boost desire in buyers. Oh, desire buyer. Oh, okay. So then I came up with the phrase, brain glue shows you how to light the fire of desire in your buyer. Okay, so that's a rhyming phrase where you find words that work. Okay, like squatty potty. You know, she was she her. Uh, it was a mom and her son in um uh, in Utah. Uh, and the mom recognized that she has a, uh, you know, a problem going to the bathroom. And the doctor was telling her, you, if you raise your feet about six inches off the floor, it helps with the shape of your body when you go to the bathroom. I don't know why I'm talking about these things, but anyway. But uh, so they said, oh, wow. And then I think they were watching Shark Tank. And they said, well, it would be fun if we started a business selling these little uh, toilet stools. But we don't want to call it toilet stool. So what's another name for toilet? Potty. Oh, and we're kind of squatting, squatty potty. And when they came up with the name squatty potty and they started selling it online at first, sales exploded. And then within less than two years, they reached $100 million of sales. And these people had no business experience, but they did this with rhyme, okay? But okay, so then I said, okay, that works. So I've got some rhyming phrases, but what's a good metaphor? Because metaphors are really powerful. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus is a metaphor. Men aren't really from a different planet. All you ladies out there, we're not from a different planet, okay? Although we sometimes seem like we are. And uh, Jack Hanfield, who loves my book, he's, you know, it's his book was Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's, you know, that's a metaphor. Um, and so, and metaphors can be really powerful. So how I came up with the me this metaphor, I'll tell you what the metaphor is that I use, which I think is really profound. But before I tell you this, let me tell you how I came up with it. I was talking to these three women who were um, religious, and I wanted to tell them a joke. I love telling jokes. I'm terrible at jokes, but what can I say? <laughs> and so I said uh, this joke, and I said, uh, so a little girl came up to mommy and said, mommy, daddy says we came from apes, but you say we came from Adam and Eve. Honey, daddy's talking about his family. I'm talking about my family. Okay, so that's the joke. 
And so they started laughing. Then another woman came up and I wanted to tell her the same joke. And I realized that the first women that I told the joke to would not laugh the second. They might laugh, you know, just be kind to me, but they wouldn't laugh because the trigger won't go off the same way it does the first time you hear a joke. And then I realized, well, it's this trigger concept. That's what brain glue is all about. And then I got this vision of when you leave home, you drive down the street and you pass all these homes or apartments, okay? You're not going to look at every one and go, oh, look at that one, look at that one, look at that one, because you pass by it every day, you know? So you don't even bother looking at it. But one day you get in your car and you start driving down the street and two houses down, you see flames coming out of your neighbor's window. Ugh! It's going to trigger in your brain. You go, oh, look at that, look at that, okay? Does he know his house is on fire? Uh, does he call 911? Is our house going to burn down, you know? A trigger goes off. And that's what brain glue is all about, is it's, it's lighting, you know, the fire of desire in your buyer. So if, so you said um, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You have that, and I have it too, okay? So how did I get it? I was in a bookstore. I mean, it could be online, but I was in a bookstore, and I'm looking at different books. Okay, there's a book, there's a book. Okay, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Like, men are from Mars, women are from Venus? What the heck's that? I reached out and I picked it up, which is the first step to getting them to buy is to get them to pick it up. I picked it up and I went, oh, wow. And I started looking at the book and I said, oh, this is really great. Then I bought it. Flames coming out of the book, okay? I mean, figuratively, but flames coming out of the book. So if you're selling a product, you want flames coming out of the product, like uh, the lawnmower. It's like, you know, the lawnmower? What the heck's that? You want people to notice your product because they're, they see product, 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 and they ignore them. You, you think they're... You know, when you're making, when you're selling somebody something, and if they're listening to you, you think they're listening to you, but they're thinking of other things while they're sitting and facing you. And so you want, you know, you want flames coming out of your conversation. So people go, whoa, what's that? Really? Huh? You know, because if they do that, now suddenly it wakes up the brain. There was an ad for Blue Emu. I remember on TV, which is anti-arthritis cream. You put it on like your joints and stuff when you have arthritis pain. And they had Johnny Bench, who's a famous uh, ex-baseball player. And uh, I was doing something else. I was doing it on my computer while the TV was on. And uh, then Johnny Bench said, Blue Emu, it works fast and you won't stink. What? What did he just say? And suddenly he got my attention because he used a trigger word and it won't stink. I turned and I started watching the commercial from that point forward because of the brain trigger words. So here's, uh, there's a, uh, here's a, an example of a woman who has more than 5 million Facebook fans and she spent zero on marketing, okay? Zero. So how do you get 5 million fans when you spend nothing on marketing? Using, having flames coming out of the name of your webpage, okay, your Facebook page. So she's a stay-at-home mom and she created a Facebook page and she was thinking like, well, what am I gonna call the Facebook page? Mommy needs time to herself. Mommy needs a rest. I know what mommy needs. Mommy needs vodka. <laughs> so her Facebook page is called Mommy Needs Vodka. So I must have a friend who's like one of her fans and he shared a post. Now she has really good posts, but lots of people have really good posts and yet they, they struggle to get lots of fans. She has over 5 million fans. So I remember I was looking at this post, a Facebook post. And I went, oh, huh, that's pretty funny. It's by Mommy Needs Vodka. See, the name of her page had flames coming out of it, okay? Mommy needs vodka, what's that? And of course, what did I do? I clicked on the link, took me to her page, her Facebook page. I saw some of her posts and I said, hey, I like this and I became a fan. Because 
the whole concept is, you know, when we're trying to pitch something, we're trying to promote something, uh, or we're trying to get somebody to agree to an idea we have, you want flames coming out of it, your product or your idea or your ad, so that they go, whoa, and it gets their attention enough that they go, well, I got to check this out. And if we do that, we have a much easier opportunity, a greater chance of making a ton of money. I mean, really, I mean, John John Gray went from 20,000 copies of his book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, to 50 million, 20,000 to 50 million, 50 million. I'll take that. What if you make uh, a buck a book? Hey, I could go for that. I'm with you. Uh. Yeah, I definitely think the name was so much better. I mean, so catchy because I remember when it did come out and it, they had obviously just changed the name. I mean, it was the word spread like wildfire. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we want for our product or our idea. You know, if we're selling a product, we definitely want, you know, we want to we want a tool that triggers the brain so that flames start coming out of our ad or our product. And if we do that, it works really well. I So I record things on the History Channel because I love like biographies of businesses. And so they had a biography of Bobby Flay. And I kind of went, I kind of know this guy. Who's Bobby Flay? And I started watching the documentary. And I, he, I realized he's a chef. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember this guy. He had a show on the on the Food Network. Well, there are lots of shows on the Food Network. But he did something that's called anchoring, where you take something that's already in the brain and you can use it or twist it a little bit. He twisted it and he called his TV show Boy Meets Grill. OK, now many of us know the term Boy Meets Girl. OK, so Boy Meets Grill and it's how do you grill? He, he has all these recipes on grilling food. OK, but Boy Meets Grill sticks to the brain. Whoa, that's really cool. And in the show, they're talking about another uh, famous chef, Jamie Oliver, the naked chef. And so trigger words work really well. So let me give you this example. What does billionaire War, uh, Richard Branson, Madonna, and olive oil have in common? Okay. The word virgin. Virgin <laughs> olive oil. Okay. Madonna, like a virgin. Touched by the very, I mean, I love that song, but that helped her become a blockbuster of success in, in as a, uh, in the music and Virgin Records. So uh, Richard Branson dropped out of high school. He didn't even finish high school. He borrowed money from his dad because he didn't have money. And he borrowed money from his dad and he started a magazine for on music. Okay. Eventually, he decided to start a record company and he called it Virgin Records. And he got tons of people, including the Rolling Stones, to become his clients, okay? Because of Virgin, he went, like, wow, the use of the word virgin, wow, that really pops. And he started creating, he realized now we know him as Virgin Airlines, okay? But he's bought the trademarks to all these different Virgin companies. Somebody was telling me there's a Virgin store. I forget what kind of store it is. That's one of Richard Branson's uh, businesses is, Virgin, I don't know, construction or something like that. I feel what it is. But he bought all these trademarks with the word virgin inside it because he recognized virgin is like flames coming out of your, your product or your, you know, your uh, record company or your uh, airline, Virgin Airlines, you know. I mean, it's, it's subtle, but it's not subtle. I mean, it's subtle enough that it turned him into a billionaire, okay, this kid who had almost no money, you know. There's – um. So on Off-Broadway, there's a famous show called um, The Vagina Monologues, okay? 
and the vagina monologues became a blockbuster hbo has done a series on it okay and it's uh by uh, uh eve ensler and so what if eve ensler did uh, a broad an off-broadway show or on broadway show and it was called women's rights or the pains and struggles that women go through do you think it would be as successful as the vagina monologues absolutely no not yeah, no, no it's like what the, what's it called what is it what is it <laughs> gets your attention you know and so i'm from canada okay i'm originally from montreal i live in southern california now for obvious reasons it's a little warmer down here <laughs> but um in canada when i was young we laughed because when we heard the name of a, a city and the city was called Regina, Saskatchewan, because as a kid, Regina, what does that sound like? <laughs> Vagina. OK, so a few years ago, the city of Regina, Saskatchewan, decided that they were going to have uh, come up with a slogan. <laughs> OK, uh, it tripled their tourism. OK, people would come to their website because of this slogan. Uh, Madonna and. Um, the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones repeated the slogan to their thousands of people audience. Uh, that's how good the slogan was, okay? Oh, can you imagine? What if you're the head of marketing for Regina, Saskatchewan? What slogan would you come up with? <laughs> you have to have really guts to do this one. Guess what they came up with? I have no idea. Regina, it rhymes with fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's their slogan. <laughs> they stopped it after two years and sales like, you know, their tourism sales blockbustered because people would come. Regina, it runs with sun. What the heck is with fun? What the heck's that? They come to the website. They had uh, um, um, you know, bumper stickers. They had T-shirts that said Regina runs with fun. They sold a ton of these things as well as having a gazillion people coming to Regina, Saskatchewan as a tourist attraction because they go to a Regina website and then they just uh, you know, check it out. Oh, it sounds really cool. I never thought of going to Regina. But Regina, it rhymes with fun. After two years, they came up with an apology and said, we're sorry. We didn't think it would offend people. Yeah, right. <laughs> After you tripled tourism, whatever, you know. And so we don't realize, but these things, you know, you want flames coming out of your pitch so that people go like, whoa, what's that, you know, when you do that. And, and here's the thing. I talk about rhyme, okay? So I'm I'm not going to sing it because I'm a terrible singer, but I was standing on the corner of Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. That's the famous Eagles song, okay? Guess what that did? And it wasn't even meant to do this. It boosted tourism for, for Winslow, Arizona. <laughs> in Winslow, Arizona is on Route 66, and a lot of people get off it they go they're driving along go Winslow Arizona oh we got to check that out so when the Winslow Arizona created this brilliant thing it's it's a hole in the wall this woman who's in Arizona said have you ever hear have you ever been to Winslow Arizona it's a hole in the wall but they created a statue of a huge lamppost with a guy leaning on it who has a guitar in his hand and the words standing on the corner and behind it in a big store it says Winslow Arizona and tourists drive up there they pull over they stand right next to the statue where, with the words Winslow, Arizona above it, and they take pictures of themselves. <laughs> the Eagles weren't trying to sell Winslow, Arizona, but because it's in their song, it turned Winslow into a tourist attraction. And by the way, it's pretty cool. If you ever take a look at pictures online, you know, I can see why people stop there and take photographs of themselves. They weren't even intending to try to sell 
Winslow, Arizona, and yet they couldn't not sell it. Yep, know? my mom actually went there this year, and I have a picture of her standing right by that post. There you go, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and I'm hungry for it. I want to do, I want to do one too. I mean, it's really cool. They were really yeah. brilliant, but it's such a, yeah, it's such a it's very cool tiny town, but you know, but it stands out. <laughs> Absolutely. So here's the million dollar question that at least I'm uh -oh. curious about. Does AI. Oh, yeah, because I'm James Bond. I think my parents had a sense of humor. So, uh oh, it's actually uh oh seven. Sorry. <laughs> 007. Here we go. OK. So does AI understand the power of brain glue to help with communicating so persuasively? So can we leverage that in other words? <laughs> well, I should, well, let me give you an example of my own experience. So it isn't that good. The good news for me is that a, a brain glue is more powerful than AI, okay, artificial intelligence. But you can try it. And so I, I went to, I started explaining to um, AI, to chat GPT, what uh, brain glue is and everything else. And, it's, and I said, can you give me a slogan? And I had to go through like a hundred crappy slogans before I got one that was pretty good. But he finally gave me one that was pretty good. And it was, why brain glue? Because plain glue doesn't stick to the brain. I that thought, is oh, actually cool. pretty good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's pretty good, but it takes work. I mean, that's one of the things with chat GPT and AI is, you know, it's sophisticated. I mean, it's cool, but we have to kind of review it and train it to do to give us what we want. So it can be helpful. It absolutely can be helpful. I mean, you could just say something like, you know, squat, you know, toilet stool. What's another word for toilet? And it'll give you all these things and you go through the list of them and says, okay, uh, what rhymes with, uh, you know, uh, potty? <laughs> well, I don't know if it would say squatty. It might not say that. But anyway, so that's why you got to use your own brain as well as brain as AI when you do that. But I think as a partner, you know, this is one of the things a lot of people don't realize. When you're in business, there's a loneliness, you know, unless you have a partner, you know, Steve Jobs had Steve Wozniak, you know, I mean, famous, a lot of businesses actually that have become blockbusters had two people that were involved. But with a lot of businesses, there's a loneliness that comes from it that, you know, you're in business for yourself. And so AI is really good in chat GPT and other services because you can bounce ideas off it. And then it's almost like you're chatting with it, you know. And so, yeah, it can be helpful. There's, I, I, I think it's really lots of fun. There are a lot of people that say, oh, well, you know, they're writing books using uh, uh, AI now. You know, it's like, okay, that's true. <laughs> but, um, but no, AI can be really helpful. Okay. And I'm just curious, how did you originally discover the power of what you're calling brain glue? Huh. Well, <laughs> so I'm originally from Montreal. And I worked my way up, I had an advertising agency and I worked my way up and I had major clients like Kraft Foods, Timex Watches, Avon Cosmetics, uh, Abbott Laboratories, Seagram's, their world headquarters is there. And uh, I had an opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America. And of course, I'm a logical person. So I came up with powerful, logical reasons why you should not do drugs. <clears throat> and then I saw what beat us and I was terrified. And I was terrified because uh, it was infinitely more powerful than my logical reason. It was emotional selling. And here's what the ad was. A lot of, you know, your listeners will know this right away as soon as I start describing it. A guy holding an egg saying, this is your brain. Then he cracks the shell and drops the egg into a sizzling frying pan with exaggerated sizzling sound. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 
And when I saw that ad, I became terrified. I went like, this is emotional selling. I'm a logical person. This is infinitely more powerful than anything I know how to do. And they don't teach in school how to do emotional selling. They teach us logic, you know? You arguments and persuasion should be logical. But uh, major studies have shown that more than 90% of buying decisions are emotionally triggered. And here was an emotional ad. I had no idea how to create an ad like this. How do you do that? And so I love three by five cards. And on a three by five card, I wrote your brain on drugs. So I'd remember the ad. And next to my computer, I created a passion box, a box where every time I saw an ad or heard something that was emotional and emotionally powerful, rather than trying to overanalyze it, I just put it in the box in the hopes that eventually I have so many examples that I'd start to understand how to create emotional selling. After about a little more than 10 years, um, I met John Gray in Southern California when he was in Southern California and we had just moved there. And he was telling me about men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and the fact that he changed the title and suddenly sales exploded. And I was like, whoa. And so as I'm writing men are from Mars on a three by five card, I realize it's a metaphor. And that was the first brain tool. I went like, whoa, is metaphors the secret to emotional selling, or at least one of the secrets? So when I got home, I dumped the passion box on my bed, and I discovered that metaphors is one of 14 brain triggers. And it just, it blew my mind. And so I had, um, so I want to give you two quick examples. One is I had a construction company I was working with because I was a consultant. As a consultant, you get to practice on lots of clients, which is kind of fun. And so usually, you know, you do stuff, it's 80-20. 80% of the stuff we do, we know works, and 20% we experiment with because we kind of think it works, you know. And so I thought, wow, I figured out this thing. I didn't call it brain glue back then. It's, you know, it took me a while to come up with the name brain glue because it sticks to the brain. But I went like, wow, these guys have been in business for 10 years, three partners, and after 10 years, they have $2 million of sales. Hmm, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Ha! In one year, I took them to 10 million of sales, and they went to 32 million of sales two years later just by applying brain glue. I mean, I couldn't believe how, like, how powerful this is. Like, wow, this works. What I did was I got up to, you know, they after 10 years in business, they had 2 million of sales, which was not bad. I said, so let's make a shopping list of all the different types of clients you have, that you've worked with. Now let's choose one that if you were gonna pick one, just one of these that you were, you were gonna specialize on a niche or niche, what would it be? It took a while and they finally said, fire restoration for insurance companies. I didn't know what that was. I had no you know, construction experience, but it's basically an insurance company that has a client that has a fire, okay? Okay, so uh, let's focus on that. And they were telling me that, you know, if a client has a fire, the first thing you do is they would check the frame of the building to make sure it's not damaged. If it's damaged, you got to tear down the whole building. But if it isn't, then you could fix the building and make sure it's not going to catch fire. So I said, okay. So I said to them, okay, so if they have a client that has a fire, what's the trigger word? What's the word that comes to their brain right away? That's really funny. These guys were not used to that. And they went, well, I don't know. I said, well, let me think about it, okay? If they have a client that has a fire, What's the first word that they think of? And they're going, oh, I don't know. I said, come on, guys. They had a client that had a fire. Oh, oh fire. Okay, a fire. So let's put the word fire in what we do, okay? Fire. Why don't we call ourselves a fire extinguisher for insurance companies? <laughs> they started laughing and went, okay. And I said, we'll get the website firex.com. So I went with them to the first two prospects. 
And I remember the first prospect we were talking to him, and I said, and I said to him, because they were sort of embarrassed about saying the fire extinguisher, I said, just think of us as your fire extinguisher. We're the fire extinguisher for insurance companies. The client laughed. By the way, laughers are buyers, so that's one of the brain glue tools. If you can get them laughing, there's a good chance they'll buy. And so they started laughing. And we, we left that client and we came back to their offices. And when we came back to the offices, we already had a message from one of the that client that we went to visit. I got a I need the fire extinguisher. I got a client that had a fire. And they were laughing while they were buying fire extinguisher. And I started to realize, like, wow, this actually works. I didn't realize it was going to work so easily and so fast. So yeah, just it was just really powerful. And so I want to I want to give you and, and your whole audience a powerful tool right now that they can use. Okay, this changed my life. So with our brain, there's something called redintegration, not reintegration, but redintegration is the brain's need for completion. I, I remember going into the living room and I saw my wife watching this TV show and I said, hey, Pam, uh, is it any good? She said, no, it's stupid. So I said, so why are you watching it? And she said, because I want to see how it turns out. Okay. Okay. It's our brain's need for completion. So what's the most powerful tool of human interaction? I'm using it now, aren't I? Can you tell what I'm doing? I'm asking questions, aren't I? Okay. Questions are the most powerful tool of human interaction, aren't they? Because when you ask a question, it invites the other person, it triggers in the other person's brain a need to complete the, the or give you an answer. And so the, one of the most powerful tools you could ever learn is something called simple reflexive questions. Isn't it? Doesn't it? Shouldn't it? Don't you agree? Are simple reflexive questions, aren't they? You add them to the end of your sentences or phrases and it, it creates interaction with your audience, doesn't it? Okay. I mean, I talked to the U.S. Small Business Administration, to uh, uh, the people, um, entrepreneurs that come to workshops and all that stuff. And I'll be sitting with two or 300 people in an audience. And I'll be saying, if I keep asking questions, you're going to keep nodding your head, right? And people will try to stop nodding their head. I said, you're not nodding your head, but inside you're still answering the question, aren't you? You know, we can't stop it. So I had this friend, this to show you how powerful this is. It changes your life when you add simple reflexive questions to the, isn't it, doesn't it, shouldn't it, don't you agree to the end of your phrases, okay? So I live in Southern California and I was talking to a friend and I said, normally I would say, wow, it's a beautiful day. But I didn't say that. I said, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? And he said, yeah. Does that mean something's going on? I said, well, wait, what's wrong? Uh, nothing. He said, no, what, what, what's up? Oh, so I'm just having a fight with my girlfriend. I said, what? Really? Well, well, I got to talk with him about that. If I didn't have that simple reflexive question at the end, I, I would have said, oh, it's a beautiful day. I wouldn't have known what was going on with him. When we're doing a presentation to somebody, you know, and we say something, you know, maybe it takes an hour to do a presentation. About 10 minutes into the presentation, they get an objection. Usually people won't tell you what the objection is. And then you're, they, as the time goes on, you get to the end of the presentation and, and they go like, well, it seems interested, but you know, it seems good, but I'm not interested. Or let me think about it. Basically, the objection grew into this giant thing that makes it hard to close the sale. But while you're talking to them, you're saying, no, 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 does that make sense? And they go, yeah. Does that mean they said yes or no? They said no. They're saying, so you stop them and you just go, well, why? What's, what's wrong? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we could do it, you know? If you can catch the objection early, near the time when the objection comes up, and here's a psychological thing, even if you don't answer the question, if you're not able to solve the problem, if you can just 
let them th recognize that you are, are, are at least listening to them, people will often buy from you, even if you don't solve the objection. And the reason is because they recognize that as soon as they had a problem, or a, hopefully you could solve it or answer it, but if you include isn't it, doesn't it, shouldn't it, don't you agree to how you speak, it boosts your ability to get people to say yes to you and to buy from you because you catch objections early on. It's changed my relationship with my wife. I've got four, a son and three daughters. It's changed my relationship with them. It's changed my relationship with friends because I'm much more interactive because this is a powerful tool, the uh, simple reflexive questions. And that's why if hopefully you'll get my book Brain Glow because I think you're going to find it really, you know, for your audience, I think it's going to blow your mind. It's really easy. Okay, that's the first thing. People love that because it's easy. But what they're doing, it's showing you tools, triggers, brain triggers, and how to use them gives you examples, including comedians, okay, which is really funny. Uh, but it's just, it shows you, and then it gives you examples of how you use it. And people are going like, oh, wow, I couldn't put it down because, you know, it's giving me examples. But start with simple reflexive questions and add that. And it, it's amazing how it will change your life. I mean, it's changed my life and it's changed the lives of so many people. That it's just It's just amazing. Does that make sense? But, yeah, it totally makes sense, James. And it's really, I think this is super fascinating. So what's the best way for people to get your book? Well, you can go to, if it's available on Amazon and in bookstores, okay? But if you go to yesbrainglue.com, Y-E-S, yesbrainglue.com, we've got a, a really nice long page. It gives you lots of examples and explains some of the people that have you know, some of the products like uh, Squatty Potty, Pop-Tarts, I didn't talk about that one, but it's just, there's so many of them where, I mean, there's examples where somebody stole the idea from somebody else and made so more money than, than the person who invented the idea came up with, you know? I mean, that's how powerful BrainGlue is. But yeah, yesbrainglue.com. I think you guys would really enjoy that page. Awesome. That sounds great. Any other brilliant comments that you have for us before we end today? Well, I don't know about brilliant, but but I start with simple reflexive questions. Isn't it, doesn't it, shouldn't it, don't you agree? You know, also, I hated selling when I first started out, and then um, Zig Ziglar helped me. And one of the things he said is selling is nothing more than a transference of passion. So if you have a product or service that you have and you're passionate about it, your most important goal is to transfer that passion to your audience. Now, Bringo gives you tools to do that. But just remember, you want them to be as passionate as you are about your product. And transference of passion is the greatest thing of all. So if you, I mean, if you saw a movie, uh, I saw the movie Hidden Figures with the three black women who were at NASA and uh, it was amazing. I love that movie. Nobody has to tell me how to sell it. I know how to sell it because I have passion. So for your product or service, start with how passionate are you about your product or service. And the more passionate you are, the easier it becomes to sell them. But also, hopefully, check out the book, yesbrainglue.com. I think that'll give you lots of ideas. Absolutely. I actually didn't hear that before, that Zig said selling is a transference of passion. It makes so much sense, but I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I hated selling. When he said that, I went like, oh, I can love that. Oh, yeah. Who can't? Who couldn't, right? Exactly. Passion, awesome. yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your very valuable time. I truly appreciate your sharing your great insights with us to help us be even more successful using brain glue ideas and concepts. Oh, Anne, thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. And everybody, you guys have to love your her podcast. It's just so great.
Thanks again. Wow. After investing your valuable time with James and me, I surely hope that you gained insights and ideas that will propel you to greater heights in every facet of your life. Share the wisdom by passing on my Accountability Coach podcast to help ignite others, which can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And subscribe to the Accountability Minute for daily guidance on proven business success principles, which can be found also on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And I salute you for your hunger for more, your drive for wanting to be even better, and your unyielding commitment to becoming the architect of your destiny. And want more proven success resources and tips from me? Well, of course you do. Subscribe to my blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.